following program is intended for mature audiences. The time is now for the hardest hit, yet completely trivial, football show on the planet. You are in rarefied territory. Ladies and gentlemen, well, well, to the broken helmet. Let's rock. Can you believe it? Through all of the COVID and the lockdowns and the misery, being locked into your house with your children if you happen to have them, or just being locked in your house without having children. Single people, God, feel bad for them. But through it all, COVID, while it still surrounds us, has not prevented the 2020 NFL season from starting off, which is fantastic. Because God knows that we all need some kind of diversion from everything around us in the muck. Or what they call it, being in the shit as it was in Nam. So, Rich Eggy here, Chris Eggy, my brother down in Florida, on the hey, other yo. end. How you doing there, my brother, man? What up? Oh, same old, same old. Glad we get uh, kicking off here. We're recording this on a Saturday afternoon. So there is one game behind us, which we'll get to in a second. How was the back half of your summer there, sir? Uh, well, having a baby is quite the uh, change to lifestyle. Hey! Hey! Congratulations to Christopher with his son, Christian. Christian John C.J. Eggy joined the world uh, August, and um, I hope I don't screw this, August 15th or 14th? You got it. August 15th. 815. 815. Easy to remember. 815 is an area code for somewhere. I'm sure you've looked it up. No? I I was going to look that up, and I didn't do it. I I meant to do that. Well, good thing I'm sitting by a computer. Maybe I'll look that up. There you go. So while you look up what uh, Christian's area code was, uh, yes, he joined the uh, world, and yes, there is another Eggie boy. So currently on the planet, there is a full six-pack of Eggies, which uh, (laughs) I don't think has ever existed before. Well, probably, you know, maybe over in Germany or Greece or wherever the Eggie name is uh, profound, but I'm not quite sure about the states. It might be a first. But anyway, uh, 815 turned out to be... Chicago. Yeah, Chicago. Chicago. All right. So maybe he lands in Chicago or meets a wife from Chicago, or maybe there's no relevance whatsoever. What would be the odds? Uh, I'm not sure. So anyway, uh, as we divert onto some Garbaggio tangent, let's just hop right into the Thursday night action because we got one game already in the books. First down. down. So it was Kansas City. Versus the Texans in Kansas City. Fans in attendance. Uh, you know, they, they said the audio was not adjusted. However, I, I've never seen uh, that few fans in that big of a stadium make noise that big. It, it was, was loud. It was way louder than uh, than I think uh, it should have been for the lack of fans. Although, you know, Michael said there was no audio enhancements. I mean, he made that point very clear. They were not enhancing anything. Maybe they weren't enhancing it, but maybe somebody had their hand on the pot for the uh, local stadium and amped it up. Because there were sometimes, I don't know, the crowd was just louder for a, you know, a a third down stop than they were for a fourth down missed field goal. 
was kind of like, huh? Right. Right. You know, or like just the general rumble of the crowd noise in the background as you were watching it to me was audio audible distortion. It just, it was weird. I couldn't, I couldn't follow it in certain regards. It just bothered me, but I, I don't know. Um, but that's broadcast stuff. We'll stay away from that, uh, along with any of the social commentary. If you want that, go anywhere else on the planet because there's plenty of people that have opinions that are just dying to tell you where they stand on the whole thing. We'll just stick to the football. What'd you think? Uh, well, I think Patrick Mahomes hasn't lost a step. We were, you know, we discussed this a little bit off air, and I, I was really, really thoroughly impressed with number one, the football they produced off of. 20-something days of preparation. Like, I was really, really impressed as to how good they looked. They literally looked like they didn't lose a step. Yeah, he looked, uh, you know, I I, I don't want to say fantastic, but he was, for the first game of the season, uh, way above average. Uh, and you compared it to, you know, to Sean Watson, who also just got paid a boatload of money. If you, um, you saw the game when he ran out of bounds and then plopped his ass down on the bench there next to Mahomes. Yeah. And uh, it was Michaels or Collinsworth made the point that they were the uh, two richest people in the, in the league right there. Um, if you compared the two, you know, I thought Mahomes looked a lot better than Watson. However, Watson, a little hamstrung by the new offense. No. I, you know what I, I said after the game or, or like three quarters of the way through the game, I finally I, I turned it off when it got out of control and they, they scored two touchdowns in garbage time. But, uh, you know, I, I said about three quarters after three quarters, I was like, wow, I think Houston either wasted a lot of money on on Deshaun Watson or they're going to have to give him some more players to, to surround themselves because they're not going to win at the pace they were going on Thursday night. Yeah, not you know the biggest problem I saw was not so much the beginning of the game. Um, you know, Mahomes, you said look good. I completely agree. Watson, I thought looked shaky. I thought it was kind of a byproduct of the offense and the fact that they took took out uh, DeAndre Hopkins, traded him over to Arizona. But I was surprised at the legs that David Johnson had in the beginning. I think where everything went downhill and what really threw me off was everything after the uh, the Kansas City touchdown to tie it up at 7-7 because it just looked like the Texans' offense went completely downhill after that. And that nine-minute drive, that nine-minute drive was a killer because you're just sitting there and all of a sudden it... Pass, run, pass, C-H-E for another run. And it just went on and on and on, time ticking away, and you just look at the Texans' defense getting so tired. couple of things. One, you saw the Texans' defense is not good. I mean, who do they have? Terrible. Give me me somebody. Terrible. I was just looking up the stats from the game. It looks like Zach Cunningham is, is pretty good. I mean, he's a good tackler, but that doesn't really translate to... A playmaker, right? He he no. just he he just tackles, right? He just gets a bunch of tackles. They had Houston had one sack. This guy Jacob Martin, I, I don't even know who that is to be honest with you. I've never even heard that name. Um, they had nothing, man. They just they had nothing. They, there's JJ Watt is supposed to be their best player. He didn't even show up on the stat sheet. 
Dude, I, I was laughing because every time that Collinsworth tried to make J.J. Watt a focal point of his analysis, they would go to a replay of J.J. Watt and he's, oh, you know, the thing about J.J. Watt is he'll jam up there and then he'll shed. And before you know it, he's right there in the tackle. And they would show the, the video and he was just getting blown back off the ball by the Chiefs lineman and basically just getting like thrown into a pile. He, he wasn't being an aggressor. He wasn't making the tackle. He was just getting his ass handed to him. Yet Collinsworth is trying to make it that he's in on all these plays. And it's like, oh, man. I, right. So, so we're not watching I, the same game. Right. You do the math. There is 32, 57, 63, 65 offensive plays that didn't include fourth downs for the Chiefs. And in those plays, they had, oh, stupid commercial. Uh, in those plays, out of 65 plays, J.J. Watt had two solo tackles and two quarterback hits. Yeah, like, it, not enough. It's not enough. Math, that's not enough. And they don't have they don't have players elsewhere that he can get away with not being what he was. And yeah, so it, roster construction for roster construction for the Texans is their biggest downfall right now, which goes to, you know, obviously Bill O'Brien being the GM and the coach. But the other thing that you saw that I, I wanted to go to, the second thing I saw after the defense, which has no playmakers, Justin Reed's good. But like we talked about, they don't have anything else, is the offensive strategy after that touchdown. Because they come back and it's Bill O'Brien full mode as he runs three times in a row with Duke Johnson because I guess David Johnson was hurt or something or maybe they just pulled him out for no reason but they run the ball with uh, at least twice if it wasn't three times and then they punt and it was uh, what were you thinking what what do you think you're going to get done with that they they got crushed through by the end of the third quarter, it was 24 to 7, I believe. And Deshaun Watson only had 32 passes. Like, you'd think if you're getting destroyed, that you would have had a, uh, more passes than 32, right? Like, that's, that's a very low number. That's an extremely low number to have when you get hammered as much as they got, uh, as much as as bad as they got beat. For sure, but and but how do you stretch the field at this point, right? You have Will Fuller, who's great. He's a flyer, takes off down the field. If he beats his guy, you know he had a couple of big plays. Uh, nice move off. Uh, I think it was the rookie corner, um, where the rookie corner lunged forward and and he just took off and he just kind of burnt them and it was and it was open and it probably should have been a touchdown, but Watson kind of underthrew him. Um, but outside of him, who, who is who their do you second? Have? Who is their second leading receiver? Take a guess. Uh, I, I I don't even. Well, look, uh, it's Fuller, uh, Cooks, uh, um, Randall Cobb, the tight end. Uh, oh my, Fells, right? Um, uh, Kiki Kuti, what didn't play? Uh, I I don't know. Who am I forgetting? Who who's number two? The number two tight end, Jordan Akins. Jordan Akins. <laughs> I, I mean, come on. <laughs> That's their you, you give up. You give up Hopkins, and you take away your ability to utilize the passing game, stretch the field a little bit, and you do it for 
David Johnson, who's great, but David Johnson's going to give you three to four yards of carry. He got him. Um, David Johnson had three hundred and five total yards plus a touchdown. Yeah. Does that equate to what DeAndre Hopkins brings to that team? No. Zero. And again, no. uh, you know, Bill O'Brien, whether it's his his strategy, you know, out of the seven seven tie, or if it, you know, whatever, maybe he was trying to run the ball to keep the the defense off the field. But you're not going to be able to run the ball against Kansas City. And the way that he constructed that roster, I, Texans are just in for a brutal, brutal season. I, I don't, maybe it gets better. Maybe he knows something that we all don't, but it doesn't look good originally. Uh, any, uh, you know, final thoughts on, on the Chiefs and what you saw? I'm excited to see what uh, this kid, Clyde Edwards Hilaire, 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 look, looks good. Yeah, he looks really good. Yeah, it looks really good. Um, is that a product of the defense being really bad, or is he really just that good? I mean, small dude, very, very small, short in, stat, in, in height. Seems like he can get in between the tackles pretty well. Kind of reminds me a little bit of like a Marshall Falk size yeah, player. Sure. And, uh, we don't know. You know, he, he had two targets where everybody thought he was going to be amazing out of the backfield on, on little dump dump offs but he only had two targets so we'd like i'd like to see that that angle of his game but in regards to running i mean he had, he had a long of 27 and he had 138 car- yards on 25 carries he is not going to be getting 25 carries a week let's be honest that's that's not going to happen no but, i don't think he's built that way but if you need him to do it i mean you saw in this game he can yeah 5.5 yards a carry it's incredible for your your rookie debut, so we'll see. I'm I'm I I love them. That they are the team to beat in the NFL. I, as much as people are talking about the Ravens being the best team, this 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 whole season is going to go through them. Uh, should go through Kansas City if you want to get to the Super Bowl. So we will uh, we'll see. I, I I love Patrick Mahomes. I root for the guy. I like him. I like his character. I like everything about him. Yeah. If anything. Uh, when you look at this first game, the one thing you can say on top of Kansas City looking really good for week one is that with the the addition of CHE, which is just how I'm going to go going forward because I just don't want to say the full name. CEH. CEH, sorry. Um, CEH is that he's an upgrade from Williams and kind of reminiscent of Kareem Hunt, which means that you know the Chiefs just got another toy to play with in that offense. Yeah. Which is a huge advantage. So even if the defense ends up not being, uh, you know, above average or top tier, I don't know with all the toys that they have, they have to be, you know, which is kind of the equation they had last year for the win. So it will be exciting to see who can step up to the plate, whether it be the Ravens or some other team, and stop the Chiefs. Because right now, in week one, they look like the cream of the crop. Uh, so anyway, all right, Thursday night game, en- enough of that. Uh, everybody and the brothers talked about it. Now we have two. Let's get into uh, a couple of the big games coming up uh, on tomorrow. Second down. Second down. So we'll start off with Tom Brady, the new premier of the Buccaneers in New Orleans, f- facing off against the Saints. The Saints right now, three and a half point favorites over under 47 and a half points. This game is, it looks like the Sharps are going against everybody else. So the tickets and the big money are coming in on the Bucs. Uh, you know, 
58% uh, in terms of tickets, but 66% in the Bucks. So the Bucks seeing some big money coming in, but the Sharps, on the other hand, are taking the Saints. So in New Orleans, we got Breeze on last legs. Uh, Kamara gets his new deal. What what are you thinking here? It, it, did, can the Bucks come in here? New offense, new quarterback, basically a new team with Gronk and get a win versus a, a state's team, Saints team who's been established years past. Uh, I don't really know if New Orleans lost a step yet. And see, this is the this is the crazy part. New Orleans with all of their fans there might make this game really different. And and I know people have talked about that a lot of you know crowd noise and they're gonna be they're gonna be pumping in crowd noise and uh, you know just the effect Which of having I hate I I hate the idea of fake crowd noise it, it yeah. bothers me on the broadcast it, the the idea of it bothers me I I mean I get it because the fans can't be there but it just anything unnatural like that is just uh, bullshit if you ask me but whatever. well I mean it would it would be cool if they could if they could pipe in real noise from real fans. You know, like real, if they were, if they were at a, a bar or something and they they were pumping in like, you know, a, a group of people who were at a bar, at like a New Orleans bar and like we could hear them, the real cheer, but it's going to be fake, right? It's just going to be, which is fine. I understand why they're doing it. It's, it's not even for the dramatic effect of, of the game, but it's also, it would be tough to watch sports without any noise. Like it would be tough to watch football on TV without we're already not seeing fans, you know, to hear. But we're we're straying from the topic here. So New Orleans is very, very good. Like you said, they're established. I don't believe Tom Brady or or Tampa Bay or or what is it, Tampa Brady, whatever, whatever he's. Yeah, I, you know, insert you know pun here. E- insert pun here, right? Correct. I, I don't, I don't, I don't think that the offensive line he had in uh, uh, New England. Uh, was was worse than this line. I think they were better. He has a, a whole new world he's going to have to de- uh, uh, get established uh, and be a part of down there. And as much of the uh, as much as they have all those toys to play with themselves, uh, New Orleans is very good and they're very tough to beat at home. So uh, Alvin Kamara is incredible. Michael Thomas is incredible. Drew Brees is is no slouch at home. Um, I just I don't think Tampa I don't think Tampa's going to get this one. They might get better as the year goes on, but I don't believe in Tom Brady at 43 years old on another team that's not New England Patriots. Yeah, you know the, the line. If you're looking at it, there is one new addition, which again with the a lack of offseason, lack of all rookies. You know I have a question mark with, but the, with the lack of. Um, preseason, the lack of offseason, the way things were so choppy, you know, line line rookies, and I guess to that extent, quarterback rookies, I mean all of them, but line rookies, uh, a little questionable about because they got to kind of get in the flow of how their line is working. And there's a lot of, you know, intra-squad uh, communication that'll take place that they just haven't got the reps. And so their line is Smith, Marpet, Jensen, Kappa, and then Tristan Wirfs, who's their their draft pick. And, you know, I don't know. You, you got you got Brady coming in. You got a rookie right tackle. You got Gronkowski coming in. And then you have uh, Godwin, who is great and is probably be the 
beneficiary, whether it be actual stats, fantasy stats, um, whatever, from Brady coming in. Mike Evans, who is question mark to play, he's he's banged up. He just uh, got upgraded today. Yeah, I saw that they said he was going to play, but I, I mean, I don't know. I You can't have a question mark that long during the week and then all of a sudden be okay to play on Sunday. Um, you, you know, I, maybe he proves me wrong, but we'll see. Um, and then Ronald Jones and Leonard Fournette. It, there's just a lot of change there for me to see them going into New Orleans and be able to go up against uh, a defense that, for the most part, is you know the same as years past. You know, and, and is a decent you know a decent defense. You know, so I I mean you know your Marshall and Lattimore is sitting out there. You know, he's Gino- very good. He he's is. incredible. You know, Jack Rabbit, that's where he landed. So Janoris Jenkins goes over there. I, I mean, Janoris Jenkins still has a little bit left in the tank. DeMario, I think he's awesome. I think he's good too. Yeah. Demario Davis had a good year. You got Cameron Jordan, who's standout defensive end. Sheldon Rankins, Malcolm Brown, Marcus Davenport. You know, Davenport's been kind of, you know, they traded up for him and he's. He's banged. He's a little banged up. I, he, he's always banged up. I, you know. Yeah. That's Apparently his deal. in practice, but He's, imagine if they got if they had gotten Clowney, that I mean that just would have made the defense that much better. Yeah, you know, and I never read about that. Uh, I never read that story about how they almost did right. They tried to do a traded trade in. Uh, they tried to do with the trade. Broncos, they tried to do what the Broncos and the the uh, Browns did a couple of years ago with Osweiler. And the league wouldn't approve it. Yeah, they wouldn't approve it. So uh, I, I didn't read it. I just saw the that it was a sign and trade that was negated by the league. So be it. But anyway, a point being for me, I'm I'm taking the Saints in this one with the three and a half because I just don't. I think the Bucks are going to need some time to get everything going on all cylinders. Like if there was fans, do you think the spread would have been five and a half, six and a half? No, I I think that th- I I don't think that the home field affected this at all. I I think they're I think the betting the market makers have a little bit of hesitation about Drew Brees, uh, seeing how he just didn't look good second half of last year at all, and I I think that they you know they're thinking the Bucks might come in here and have a little bit of a game, you know. So it's it's a half point if you take the three points away. It makes it what half point by the Saints. I don't know. You know, it's probably pretty I think even. It went up to four this morning. So it's four on some sites. Um, you know, I don't know. I, I don't think the Saints. You know, what you make it a six point game because they're three point favorites and three points at home. Uh, you know, there there's no way they're making them a six point favorite. So I think the line's pretty fair. Um, and with that, I, I just think it's the Saints. Yeah. Yeah, I'm with you. Of course, I I I just I don't believe in Brady yet. I if. Brady can prove me wrong, but um, I, I just I, – it's very tough, man. It's very tough to move teams after you've been there 20 years and just develop this rapport, especially in the middle of a pandemic. Yeah, very difficult. Like, with with all those practices they missed, it's tough. Very difficult. So I, we're both on the Saints on that one. Let's go to the second game we were going to talk about. And that's going to be out in Los Angeles, a hometown dog, if you will. The Los Angeles Rams, underdogs by two and a half points versus the Dallas Cowboys. Right now, the squares are standing on an island all by themselves because the tickets are piling in for the Cowboys. Right now, they own 58% of the tickets uh, purchased. 
and the Rams are seeing the big money come in on them along with the Sharps. So the Sharps and the big money are coming in on the Rams. The Rams have 65% of the big money on their side. Over-under in this game, 51. This is one of the higher over-unders of the week. The only other game that was higher was the game that just took place, the Chiefs-Texans, 53.5. Oh, we didn't even get to that. Did you see the over-under, how that hit? In which game? In the Texans-Chiefs. I didn't. Oh, it was dirty. I I, I don't want to break off, but... Um, well, the guy, they scored two touchdowns at the end. Well, what happened to get the field goal that broke the over-under was they kicked an onside kick, and it went to a wide receiver. I forget who got it. But anyway, he ran it back like 20 or 30 yards. Yeah. So they automatically got it with like no time in the clock, but deep in the Texans' territory. So yeah, so they could kick the field goal. Yeah, so they just ran. They actually tried to get into the end zone, and then they ultimately just kicked the field goal. So it was a dirty, dirty cover. I actually had the co- I actually had the uh, over, so I loved that, uh, that field goal that brought it to 54, and I won. But anyway, that was the only game that was higher than this one. Yeah, uh, and fifty-one and a half is is a lot of points, but this this could be a shootout. Yeah, so I, I mean, a lot of people right now are on the Rams. Are, are do you think the Cowboys, who I think have the better talent on their roster, are going to get the win here? The Cowboys should. I mean, they should win. They have they they have possibly the best. Pos- I, I mean. Maybe not the best. They they have an unbelievable set of players uh, in regards to their the um, the position players. I'm sorry, I can't think of. The, I'm, just, I'm I'm blanking on the word. That's right. It's um, Saturday, you know. Yeah. You, you have a you have a one month old. It's okay. I do. I, I have a baby brain recently. It's crazy. Um, skill position players. They have uh, those three wide receivers with that rookie who's probably the best that fell to them in the draft, which is incredible to me that the Raiders skipped over him to get Henry Ruggs. But that's a whole nother story, a whole nother day to talk about. Bent Raider fan. Yeah. Um, Ezekiel Elliott, Amari Cooper, who's eh, who's, who's great, but, but always hurt. Michael Gallup, who is intriguing this year as a fantasy player because he came on dramatically last year. And then you have CeeDee Lamb. Then you have Blake Jarwin, who everybody is talking up as like as good as Jordan, uh, Jason Witten, if not better, in his prime. Um, I, I don't, I don't know if they're all going to come together. It's all going to mesh well, but they definitely have more talent on paper than than the Rams do, wouldn't you say? I'm um, I'm with you in that. I think that their talent is I don't want to say way above, but I I think definitely above that of the roster of the Rams. Um, you know, you have you have Cooper, Gallup, and CeeDee Lamb. Uh, you have Blake Jarwin, who everybody loves, uh, you know, this year. Uh, you got Dak, and then you got Zeke. Um, and then on defense, you know, you, you got a couple of new additions there. Dontario Poe, come, uh, Dontario Poe comes over. Uh, you have Demarcus Lawrence coming in. Uh, Alden Smith, Lander Vanderesh, Jalen Smith. Uh, and Antonio Brown, Xavier Woods uh, there, and so uh, Trayvon Diggs. So, uh, I don't know. I, the way that I'm leaning on this game is for the Cowboys because they only have to win by a field goal. And But I think that my, uh, I think that my lean here is more against the Rams than it is 
the Cowboys, if that makes sense. I I don't see this comeback that everybody's been touting about the Rams. You know, the Cooper Cup's back, sure. Josh Reynolds, Robert Woods. Uh, I just, I don't know. They just paid. They just paid Cup today. Yeah, great. So they paid Cup. You know, but you, you lose Gurley, which I mean, is a crazy story in itself. Uh, so now you're going to go to Malcolm Brown, Daryl Henderson, and Cam Akers. Everybody fantasy darling Cam Akers is. Uh, the defense is okay, but you know the defense wasn't what it was a couple of years ago. They're still making changes here and there. They pick up Leonard Floyd from Chicago. Um, you know, Jalen Ramsey, they got it last year, so this will be his first full year in. Um, you know, I, I just, I'm not sure. You know, I mean, a big home opener, I guess. The stadium's supposed to be good. But ultimately, I think that the Cowboys defense can hold the Rams. And I think this is a vote against the Rams more so than a vote for the Cowboys. Yeah, they're the the Cowboys. You didn't even mention the fact that they might be signing Earl Thomas too. Yeah, well, I mean, it won't, they won't have him for the game, so they won't have him for the game. Yeah, but that defense is 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 good, man. If Van Der Esch is healthy and Jalen Smith is has been getting better and better every year, um, they're great replacements for Sean Lee, who was amazing in his heyday. But uh, I, I'm with you. I can't. I, I'd like to see how good Alden Smith is if he's anywhere near he was as good as he was in his prime, that is, that it'd be incredible for that defense. I love this game. This I'm excited to watch it. I think it is going to be a, a pure shootout. Um, I say that and then it's going to be what, like 10, three, uh, but <laughs> yeah, it's exactly. It's we're, all hoping, we're all hoping for like a 48, like a, like a, a Rams chiefs game from a couple of years back that we watched together. Remember that one? Yes. Yes. Um, so I, I, I do like, Ram, the Rams offense, and, and I like everybody you mentioned. I think Robert Woods is is going to develop as is going to emerge as their number one. To be honest, this year, but uh, as a whole, you're right. How how are how do you compete with Dallas's offense? Their defense is too good to to allow Los Angeles to just run all over them, and uh, and Dallas's offense is very tough to stop, man. Yeah, I don't know. I, I mean, it, it's a vote against Goff for me uh, and the Rams, which I, I think have been going downhill ever since that big shootout game. I, I don't think that they've ever been the same. Everybody loves McVay. Um, yeah, but I'm, I'm going Cowboys here and the two and a half. Yeah, that's 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 almost like a gimme to me. I, that's what going on those odds, those spreads. I'm like, wait, what? Why is... Well, I mean, the two of us are on the same side of uh, the coin twice in a row here. So let's see about yeah. the third game. All right, final game that we'll chew for the top three games. This down will be the Falcons hosting the Seahawks. Be heading to Atlanta, the Mercedes-Benz Dome. And right now, Chargers, uh, Chargers, Seahawks, a road favorite by two and a half. It's another square bet as all of the tickets coming in on the Seahawks while the Sharps and the money are on the Falcons. Pretty heavy on the money, 61% coming in on the Falcons side. I got to uh, I got to say I like the Falcons as well. I do too. I do too. I I, I know that Gurley is what is what do they keep saying he has arthritic knees and they're deteriorating every every day and He's limited to so much time before he'll have to get out of the NFL. Right. He but, made his money anyway, so nobody's feeling sorry for him. Right. Nobody's feeling bad. Right, right, right. 
And you damn well know they are going to give him the ball and make him earn every... They're not going to hold back like McVay did. At least I wouldn't. If I just paid that man however much, $7 million, right, for a year, like, I'm going to I'm gonna give him the ball. I'm going to give him the ball till his knee breaks, and then I'll give the, and then I'll give it to somebody else. Yeah, at this point, and, somebody gave him the money, and they went easy on him. So now, what, what good is it going to do if you bring a player in, giving him that kind of money, and you're going to give him 15 touches a game? Right? Well, yeah, what does that do? What, why I, would you do I don't that? Know. I don't know. I, I mean, because I don't know if he's the explosive type player that you could limit him to like 15 touches. Right? I, I don't know. You don't I, get the I bang just, for the buck out of it. But continue yeah, on. Just, but right. So 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 everyone understands that point. You know, and and now the coaches are coming out saying that they're oh, we have him on a pitch count during practice just to save himself. Like stop it. Stop it. We know what's going to happen here. So I really like Atlanta this year. I know they're in a brutal division. Uh, that's probably by far the best division in the league, in my opinion. Um, comparable to San Francisco's division as well. But uh, I think that Seattle's got to come across country. Uh, I, I think they're good. Uh, I think Atlanta is going to be better. Atlanta's defense last year to close the year, they have almost all of their defense returning outside of Devondre Campbell, uh, that inside linebacker, outside linebacker, whatever he was. And their defense last year was really, really good to close the year. If they can just carry that over to this year, and we'll see at home uh, against the Seahawks, but I, I don't think Seattle's going to be able to do as much as, as everyone thinks they are, and Atlanta's offense is going to be tough to stop. They are going to probably be the number one passing offense in the league again. I think they were second last year behind, behind the Panthers, but... Um, they are very, very good. Uh, their receivers are very good. I believe a lot in Calvin really this year, as we've discussed numerous times. And I believe that Ryan, Matt Ryan's going to have his way in this game. Yeah, I, you know, look, the biggest question mark for me in this game is going to be which one of the Atlanta defensive players goes down in the first quarter. You right. Know, every year, you know, Deion and, Jones, and Keanu sure, Neal. Yeah, who's who are they going to lose for the year or you know eight weeks in the first quarter of this game? That that's the biggest question mark I had. I, I Vegas should put some kind of odds out on somebody and right. make that a prop bet because that'd right. be a great prop bet. Well, Keanu of, Neal, Keanu Neal's back. He's back. We'll see. You know, maybe he goes out. You know, play three. Who knows? Third third season in a row. Uh, yeah, you never know. Uh, so but anyway, uh, you know the. I think, again, this is much like the Cowboy-Ram game for me in the sense that I question Seattle coming into this game. I love Russell Wilson. I think he's fantastic. Uh, his his rapport with Tyler Lockett is great. DK Metcalf looks like he has a lot, a lot of potential. Uh, Philip Dorsett, I, I've been a fan of because he went to the U. I, he never really has blossomed into what I thought he could be, um, but he's going to be coming in. The problem with all of that is is that there will? Oh, and they got Greg Greg Olson that'll come in. That I think Will Dis, Disley might play, but might not. I, I'm yes, not sure. He's think, good to go. He's, he's good to go, right? So you know the problem with all of that is that's all air yards, and Carroll has made it very apparent that he wants to run the ball. And so I think in this game, if they get intent on running the ball like they did in the playoffs last year, while Atlanta is definitely going to try to stretch the field. I mean, that's what, I mean, they got Julio, they got Calvin Ridley. Russell Gage is actually pretty good himself, and they got Hayden Hurst, which I thought was a good pickup for them at tight end. So, this is, 
I mean, to me, it feels a little bit like the Texans Chiefs in the sense you got a team that's going to be trying to run the ball, maybe throw short, not stretch the field, and the other team who's just going to be trying to stretch the field nonstop. And then you take a look at, at Seattle's defense. Yes, they brought in Jamal Adams. Now you have, a, like we said, COVID shortened offseason. Um, you know, I, I don't see Bobby Wagner's great. KJ Wright had a good year. Uh, you know, Bruce Irvin, Bruce Irvin, uh, you know, Jerron Reed, Punu Ford, LJ Collier. I, I don't see the top end talent. Shaquille Griffin's good. Um, but I'm not sure if this is going to be the defense that's going to be able to stop Atlanta at home. No, no, not a chance. So this, this is going to be one of those like eye opening games for them. I think Seattle's going to do very well this year. Uh, they are they, the, both these teams are in incredible divisions that they just might be, you know, just out of luck because San Francisco is incredible. And I think New Orleans is going to win that division. So they have t- good teams, just bad luck in, in what division they're in. Yeah, Seattle, I want to see play a couple of weeks because I want to see what Carol's aiming at here. Um, again, I. You know, I'm not saying he's so far leaps and bounds above Bill O'Brien, but he's very intent on where he wants to take this ball club. And, you know, look, they they had the Super Bowl win. They had the Super Bowl loss. And they haven't really had much to show for it ever since. Uh, You know, their offense court is Brian Schottenheimer, which is like uh, enough of this guy already. The fact that he keeps getting jobs is like so questionable. But uh, Ken Norton Jr. is the defensive coordinator. We'll see. I'm not quite sure. I can can probably make an argument as to how every single team in the NFC West could wind up winning the NFC West. Like Arizona is going to be the toughest, obviously, but Arizona's talent is incredible. And I I actually think they might finish – this is pretty bold, but I think Seattle might finish worse than Arizona. They might finish last in their division this year. Could it very well could happen the way that they're made up, um, and it'll be and this will be the, the start of that observation as we get to see if Seah- the Seahawks can go like you said cross country into Atlanta and get they, the W. They need to free Russell Wilson. Let Russell Wilson do Russell Wilson. Right. Let Russ cook. Let Russ cook. So it. We're both on Falcons. I'm actually going for the straight-up win here for the Falcons. So the two-and-a-half, I mean, that's fine, but I'll take the straight-up win here for the Falcons. So the first three games, we were both on the Saints, the Cowboys, and the Falcons. I don't want to put words in your mouth, but it sounded like you were Falcons, correct? Yeah, I'm with you, too. I mean, I have them in my Moneyline parlay that uh, we'll discuss later on. Okay. And uh, I'm I'm all about them, and I think they're going to win this game outright. All right, good job. Well, anyway, Chris, you've got to bounce now, so we're going to uh, miss you here for downs three and four, but I got your picks and I got your bets, so I will let the masses know where you stand in those regards. All right, man. All right. Thank you so much, and I will, uh, I'll get with you later on. Yep, all right. Take care, right. brother. Love you, buddy. Peace. Third down. All right, so that brings us to the rest of the lineup for Sunday and Monday night. Uh, Start off with the 1 o'clock games. We will start with the Vikings hosting the Packers. 
right now. This game looks to be as the Sharps are standing on their own. They are big on the Vikings while the tickets and money are coming in on the Packers uh, pretty heavily uh, in terms of the tickets uh, at 60% for the Packers right now. I figure as much with Green Bay being a a rather big national team. Vikings, not so much. Uh, In this one, line is Vikings 2.5 over under at 44.5. That seems to be a little low in terms of the over under. Um, I am going with the Packers on this one. My brother, who has sent me in the picks he had to run, uh, also is going in with the Packers. So we're both on, uh, you know, the tickets. It looks like we're going to be with the squares here. Well, this, the money's coming in on the Packers too. But, uh, you know, for me, um, I'm still just not a believer in the Vikings. Stephon Diggs left in the offseason. I think that is a bigger issue uh, than they want to lead on to. I, you know, obviously um, they were comfortable, you know, getting rid of him. I, I always thought from the start that he was a better receiver than Thielen. Uh, but for whatever re- reason, Thielen fits that offense, and so they said better, and so they said Sayonara to Diggs, and so here we are. Dalvin Cook just got his money, I believe, today. He finally signed on, so that's the uh, rookie contract now is basically a three-year rookie contract, and then it just gets renegotiated in before the fourth year. So, uh, you know, it goes to show you what NFL contracts means nowadays because now they just fluctuate, and rookies are basically three-year deals before the renegotiation. So, um, anyway, that's all off uh, topic here. Packers defense, they made a couple of picks last year to try to fortify the back end. Uh, and then this year they went out, uh, went ahead, and they got uh, redid the middle. They got rid of Blake Martinez, brought in Christian Kirksey from Cleveland, who was fantastic two years ago before he suffered two years in a row where he got injured. Um, and I just leaning Packers on this one over the Vikings. So uh, I I might even do it straight up Packers, but I'll I'll take the points. My brother's taking the points as well. So next game, Lions hosting the Bears. NFC North battle. Uh, I am taking the Bears, as is Chris. This game is favored. Lions 2.5 over under 42 right now. Again, the Sharps look to be on their own with the Lions while the money and tickets are coming in on the Bears. Actually, a lot of money uh, coming in on the Bears, 69% in that regard. I'm just not a fan of Patricia. Uh, I was not last year. I didn't see anything that would lead me to think that they have kind of right the ship and that the second year here was going to develop some kind of continuity already. They draft DeAndre Swift and then they bring in Adrian Peterson, uh, you know, off the waiver wire or once he was cut, uh, they didn't pick up the waiver, but uh, you know, he gets cut and then they bring him in to play. I, I'm just not sure what is Stafford good. Galladay uh, actually has been marked out for this game, so their number one leading receiver is out. Um, I, I'm just not sure what the Lions are going for in 2020. The Bears, on the other hand, look, Trubisky, not great. Uh, you are going to see whether or not this next year is a development from the two years prior. He beat out Nick Foles or whether or not they just gave it to him for him to flare out uh, in the beginning of the year to make a, a smoother transition to Foles. 
Who knows? Um, but the Bears, I believe, have the better defense. Uh, I believe they have better offensive weapons. I'm a fan of Allen Robinson. Uh, he was good in Jacksonville, and I think he is going to perform well in Chicago. Has one year already under his belt. So Chris and I both going with the Bears in this one. Next game is a road dog. There's actually a bunch of road dogs this week. There's actually eight. This is the first one we're talking about. Jaguars hosting the Colts. Colts favored by eight. This one is a trifecta. Everybody across the board loves the Colts. The money has basically... It has... Bigger money's coming in on the Jaguars, but right now it's 50-50, so it's not quite the trifecta where the Sharps, the tickets, and the money uh, all lean that side. It was that way earlier, and now it's kind of evened out in regards to the money where the Jaguars have seen more coming in on them. Over under 45 points in this one. Look, to me, I like the Colts. I think that toward the end of the year, they probably will have put things together quite well. I think Rivers will be a nice addition to that offense. Line is really good for the Colts. Um, You know, my question is, is it going to be this week that you see the Colts make this step toward a a better franchise toward the end of the year or better team toward the end of the year. I don't think so. And while the Jaguars, look, they, uh, you know, have had (laughs) quite a crazy offseason or late offseason as they dumped Fournette just weeks ago, uh, I like Gardner Minshew coming into his second year. DJ Shark and him had a nice rapport earlier in in 2019. I think you probably see that coming Right out of the gates here. You know, this week, and a lot of people have mentioned this, uh, so this is not a new thought or a unique thought, but because of the lack of offseason and because of the lack of training camp, you know, a lot of the teams that were together last year haven't seen as much turnover, will have, you know, uh, more of the playbooks installed. They're going to have a better go at it here in week one. And for the Colts, I think Rivers coming in um, is going to be a little bit of a factor as he gets acclimated to his surroundings. Maybe not. I don't know. But in this game, eight points is a lot of points to give to a home home team here. So, uh, and again, Colts going from indoors to outdoors, Florida, Florida Heat. Uh, I'm going Jaguars here with the eight points. I'm not sure if they'll win, but I think they definitely cover. My brother's on the opposite end of that one. Chris is taking the Colts, so he's taking the Colts in the eight. I guess he's leaning toward the blowout. I'm leaning toward the closer of the game, although I'm not sure Jaguars win that one. Patriots hosting the Dolphins, NFC East. Good, uh, good battle here of basically Patriots North and Patriots South as the Dolphins kind of brought in Flores and converted uh, the Patriots into or the Dolphins into a Patriots team in Florida. Uh, Patriots are favored by seven, over under 41 and a half. Nobody expecting a lot of points in this one. Uh, obviously, the premiere of Cam Newton for New England uh, right now. This is a uh, all the squares, all the squares. They, uh, the squares are all over the uh, Patriots here, and uh, actually the Sharps have now hopped in too. So you got the uh, the Sharps and the squares on the same side, and uh, meanwhile the money is leaning in toward the Dolphins, and at a pretty hefty rate, 58% in terms of the big money coming in on the Dolphins. So I'm taking the Patriots here. I like the Patriots because at home, Belichick... Uh, Obviously, the lack of what we were talking about, the lack of offseason, which should benefit the Dolphins. But I think, 
your first game out, Belichick at home, and I'm interested in seeing how he's going to utilize Cam Newton, uh, you know, within the tools that he has to see if he produces something that, yeah, you know, it, that's why Bill Belichick is Bill Belichick. You know what I'm saying? Uh, I didn't say that too well, so uh, shame on me. But in this regard, I think the Patriots win. I, I think, uh, you know, enough preparation, having an entire offseason to prepare for week one should be it. Dolphins, I think, will probably perform well this year. I don't think this will be their week, though, especially on the road uh, up there in Foxborough. My brother, he's going the other side. He's taking the Dolphins and the seven points. Um, you know, that over-under, right? you could probably juice that down and go up to it. 41, that's not a lot of points. You know, I guess for that, they think the Dolphins are going to be pretty poor here. And with the with a seven-point favorite, I guess that's where they're going. So, uh, Chris taking the Dolphins. I am taking the Pats at home. So, the next game is going to be the Philadelphia Eagles on the road. Here we go. Another uh, road favorite here, home dog, versus the Washington football team. I, I almost want to call them the Washington Redskins over and over again because it's just what I've known them to be. But the Washington football team is the home dog. Underdogs by five and a half points. I don't know if this line will shift because as of right now, it was uh, said that. Miles Sanders, everybody's fantasy darling, was ruled out of this game. So I guess uh, Boston Scott will step into his place. I don't know if that will affect the line, but when we were doing this, it was 5.5. Um, I am taking the Eagles in that 5.5. Chris is also taking the Eagles at that 5.5. This looks to be an, another square bet as the squares are with Chris and I favoring the Eagles while the Sharps and the money are on Washington. Uh, and, and decent money on, on Washington. Uh, also, as uh, I think they have like more close to 56% of the big money coming in on Washington along with the squares there. So people thinking the Eagles might, uh, you know, the quote-unquote smart money, thinking the Eagles might be uh, chumps here on the road. I don't think so. Um, I, I like, I don't love the Eagles, but I like them. And Washington, it just, it's too much. I, I You know, you, you change Rivera. Rivera all of a sudden, you know, he's going to be coaching, but he comes down with cancer. I, I mean, it's just a lot of drama. The name change, the lawsuits that are coming out of Washington, uh, you know, maybe they pull it all together, but I just don't think that this is the year for Washington. When will it ever be the year for Washington, really? And uh, I think it's just going to be a rough week. When Eagles, it, it's kind of the, the same cast of characters. They seem to be all healthy minus the current injury to Sanders. And so uh, I'm going to give them the W here in the five and a half uh, at, on the road, as will Chris. And next, we will go into Baltimore Ravens hosting the Browns. Ravens favored by seven over under 48. Uh, right now, it looks like the, the Sharps and the Squares are on the Ravens on this one. Big money on the Browns. Uh, I'm going Ravens here, and I actually have them in a straight-up parlay later. Um, I, You know... Everybody's wondering if this is going to be it for the Browns. Well, they wanted the same thing last year, too. Uh, and it wasn't. It was a disaster. And now you have a whole new coaching staff coming in trying to right the ship. Uh, that's a tough ask for week one of the COVID offseason versus the Baltimore Ravens, who are basically returning everybody and adding some pieces like Patrick Queen in the middle there on the defense. So not, not the week to be a Browns fan. Ravens uh, minus the seven. So, what are we going to do next? We are going to go up to Buffalo. 
Bills hosting the Jets. Bills favored by six and a half here. The squares taking uh, the Bills big. No real, no real side yet from the Sharps. So, but the Bills are all over the tickets. Seventy-three uh, percent. It's a pretty big, big number there. Uh, Chris is going to be taking the Bills. So Chris is hopping on with the squares, taking that six and a half over under here. Thirty-nine and a half. That is a really low number. Um, I am going to be taking the Jets. I can't speak for Chris, but uh, obviously, Bills had a good season last year. They add a piece uh, with Zach Moss. They add another piece with Stephon Diggs. You would imagine that adding more pieces to a team that has consistency and performed well last year and a solid defense um, would lean you that way. I, I just, the six and a half is a little too much for me with the Jets. And I think the Jets might piece things together a little bit here in week one. Um, They have some of the other things going for them. They have, remember last year, you had the Darnold and the whole mono thing. Well, this year they're coming in. Everybody's on board. Chris Herndon's coming back at tight end. Uh, Le'Veon Bell, I mean, you know, there's constant drama between him and Gase. You know, it's mind-numbing at some point. Um, But, you know, Brashad Perriman coming in at wide receiver. They did lose Robbie Anderson. But I think... uh, I'm I'm thinking good things for the Jets here in week one. I don't think a win. I definitely think that they cover that six and a half. Chris is on the other side. He thinks the Bills run away with it. So now his Raiders is the final uh, one o'clock game that we'll talk about as we talked about the Seahawks and Falcons already. But the Raiders are traveling into Carolina, another home dog here, as the Panthers are underdogs by three points to the Raiders. Uh, Chris and I will both be taking the Raiders. They're expecting a, a, a decent scoring game here at 47 and a half at the over-under. I think that is a little aggressive here because if anything, I think it'll probably be a lot of sloppy football out of this and I don't have any real hopes for the Panthers here. Christian McCaffrey, sure. I, the Teddy Bridgewater is a great story, especially since he came back from injury, but I've never seen Teddy Bridgewater in a game and blow me away. I, I just, everything about him is kind of slow. The delivery, the read, you know, even when he, I don't know. Uh, you know, you go back to Minnesota even before the knee injury, and that's what I thought. And I've thought it ever since whenever I get to see him in action. And now he's going in with his Panther team, you know, Matt Rule, maybe he's got something up his sleeve, you know, obviously coming out of the college ranks to join the not-for-long league. And uh, I don't know. I, I wish him all the best, but I'm not sure about week one. And the Raiders only have to win by a field goal. So Chris and I both taking the Raiders here uh, on the road. And that'll be it for the 1 o'clock games. we got a couple more games left. The first one being the Bengals hosting the Chargers. Bengals, yet another home dog. They are underdogs by three points to the Chargers. Uh, I've over under 41 and a half. Is this the lowest one of the week? Well, actually, Dolphins uh, Patriots was 41 and a half. And oh, and then the Titans Broncos Monday night game is 41. So this is one of the lowest over unders of the of the weekend. Nobody thinks that they're either of these teams are going to do anything. I, to me, Chargers on the road. I, I just hate that team. I I just hate everything about that team until I see them and prove me wrong. I, you know the quarterback change no good. Uh, Keenan Allen, Austin Eckler. I you know I guess Keenan Allen was great, uh, but I liked Rivers better for that Chargers team. Uh, it was a shame to see him go, but uh, so be it. Uh, you know, now they're moving to Los Angeles. You get a new stadium, congratulations. You're probably going to get an L here uh, in week one. I think the Bengals win this outright. I don't know if my brother thinks they win or it's close, but we're both at the Bengals here at home. 
Next game and the final 4 o'clock game we haven't talked about yet is a pretty interesting game, uh, I believe. 49ers hosting the Cardinals. Cardinals underdogs by 6.5. That's a lot of points for a Cardinal team that just added DeAndre Hopkins, has Kyler Murray, who has one hell of an arm on him, um, and some other offensive weapons. You know, I, I mean, Christian Kirk is still there. Larry Fitzgerald's still there. Isabella, who everybody thought was going to be great last year, is still there. Um, and uh, Edmonds they have in, in the backfield. Kenyon Drake, they made the change over to him. Um, you know, a, a lot of weapons. Defense, n- not terrible either. Um, so I was surprised at the size of this uh, spread. Debo Samuel out for the 49ers. Everybody pretty much expected that. They move him to IR, so he'll be out for three weeks. So I'm taking the Cardinals here. Chris is also taking the Cardinals here. Um, you know, over under here, 48. It looks like the Sharps are on an island on this one. They're leaning toward the 49ers while the tickets and the money are on the Cardinals. And basically all of the money is on the Cardinals. Uh, as is tickets, I mean, it's almost 70% in terms of tickets, and it's 81% of uh, of the big money coming in on the Cardinals. So, uh, I, I, you know, uh, I'm not quite sure what the Sharps are seeing here. Uh, contrarian bet at, at bet at bet best best at bet. Uh, sorry, sometimes you know the tongue just doesn't work with me, but. Um, I'm not sure. It, it'll be interesting to watch. I think this, uh, you know, you got the Saints and the Bucks and the 49ers, Cardinals, and the Cowboys, Rams, all at 4 o'clock. This is where we miss the bars in the COVID era because I would love to be at a bar slinging back some brewskis watching these three games all side by side. But All right, so that's it for the 4 o'clock games. And then we got two more Monday night. Oh, actually, the Sunday night game. Sorry, to the Cowboys, Rams, Sunday night. So, you you know, at the bar, you'd have at least those two games and then that Chargers-Bengals if you want to. But All right, so the Monday night games. First game, my Giants uh, hosting the Steelers, another home dog. Uh, this spread is six in favor of the Steelers, over under 46 points. Uh, right now, the Sharps are on the Giants. Everything else is on the Steelers, and pretty heavily. Uh, 74% of the tickets, 76% of the money on the Steelers. Um, you know, I, both Chris and I both went Steelers here. I love my Giants. Their defense is positively a mess. I mean, if you take a look at their depth chart, it's pretty brutal to see what they're trying to piece together here. The defensive line, okay, but you know, you get to the defensive backfield, you got Bradbury coming in from uh Carolina, Corey Ballantyne who wasn't really that good last year. Jabril Peppers was awesome uh at at free at strong safety, but then he got hurt. And now you got Julian Love trying to fit in for the strong safety since McKinney got hurt, and then they just signed Logan Ryan uh you know off the street to come in there and play. Uh, Blake Martinez, yeah, sure, they bring him in, and he's been hurt. Uh, you know, don't understand the Connolly. But anyway, uh, yeah, point is is that the Giants defense, uh, Nick so good. And then you got the Steelers, obviously, bringing in their whole cast of characters, Juju and James Conner and Big Ben. Obviously, the arm, a question mark for Big Ben. Let's see where the rehab is. But the defense is pretty solid. So you got the better defense for the Steelers. You probably have the better offense as a unit uh, for the Steelers. So how, how do the Giants pull off a win here? Do they keep it close? I don't know. 
You know, I mean, they could. The Giants have some offensive weapons, but uh, I'm not quite sure it's going to happen here. I think the defense is just going to crack, and the Steelers are going to put up a, a, a pretty decent amount of points. So, uh, 46 is probably a fair is probably a fair over under because I don't know about the Giants' offense. But regardless, Steelers, Chris and I are both taking the six points. Titans. Final game we got to talk about here. Titans are on the road. Broncos, another home dog. Titans favored by three. Right now the Sharps are on the Broncos while everybody else is on the Titans. Uh, 76% of the tickets, 70% of the money on the Titans. Chris and I also on the Titans. Uh, Over-under here, 41. So this was the lowest game of the week in terms of over-under. Nobody is expecting much scoring out of this one. So snooze fest uh, late night, Monday night. Uh, Chris and I think that Titans, uh, you know, basically, I just don't like the Broncos. Uh, Drew Locke, you know, good luck to you. But, you know, you just lost Court- Cortland Sutton. You pick up uh, Melvin Gordon, I guess great. Uh, is that really an upgrade from uh, Philip Lindsay? I'm uh, not quite sure. Uh, not quite sure. But Titans are going to be returning basically everybody. They bought Tannehill. They gave him the contract. They're bringing back Henry. Uh, A.J. Brown in year two. I, I like the team. I want to see what happens. They just got Javon Curse. Uh, J- Javon Curse. Wow. That, that shows you how old I am. Uh, Jadavion Clowney, <laughs> a Javon Curse-esque type player. I guess kind of. Not really. He plays better against the run than the pass rush, which is what they thought he was going to be out of uh, college. But uh, regardless, Steelers and the three. And that'll wrap up all of our games here. So then we got one left, and that's going to be... Talking, talking bets, talking big money, baby. Fourth down. All right, so here we go. I'm going to give you my parlays and teasers, and then I'll give you my brothers. So for parlay number one, we're taking the Saints, Falcons, and Titans. We're going to do the Saints with the three and a half. We're going to take the Falcons straight up to win and the Titans with the three. So this will be a $50 parlay for $440 if we win. I like it. Went through all the games. I just explained them. I think the Saints are going to uh, you know, be able to pull this one off the Bucs. I think the Bucs are going to need a, a couple more weeks to get everything going. The Falcons, I just like them at home. Uh, I, I don't like Seattle on the road in that spot. And then the Titans, I, you know, I think that's an easy win. So I'm taking those three for my first parlay. My second parlay is going to be the Pats minus seven and the Ravens minus seven. I'm taking two of the, uh, you know, the AFC favorite teams and their big spreads. I'm going to do that 50 bucks for 195. Um, I just think that the Pats probably, like I said, with a, a preseason to prepare for their first game, will probably have everything Dolphins have lined up uh, accounted for. And so, you know, to win by seven, I probably not a problem. And with the Ravens, I talked about it. The Browns, I, you know, again, it, it's a, they're bringing in a whole new coaching staff here. They're, they're trying to sell everybody on what they built last year, and, and that blew up. So I'm not buying it here. Pat's negative – Pat's giving seven – or t- yeah, giving seven. Ravens giving seven, 50 for 195. All right, so next up, we'll do our teasers. So my – I'm going to do two teasers here. 
First teaser is going to be Pats, Ravens, and Cardinals. So I talked about the Pats before. I like them at seven. I love them even more at one. Same thing with the Ravens. Cardinals, I like the Cardinals on the road here. So when I'll juice them. I'll give them six points, make that spread 12 and a half. So the 49ers really have to blow out the Cardinals uh, here in this spot in order to, you know, blow up this tease. And... I mean, the more I look at it, the more I like it. So anyway, I put a hundred bucks on this. That'll pull in for two fifty, and then my other teaser will be an over under teaser. I am going to take the Ravens, Browns, and Raiders, Panthers. I'm going to tease both of those over unders up to fifty three and a half, and I'm taking the under. I like I said, I you know I don't see any offense coming out of that Raiders Panthers game, and for the Ravens Browns, let's say the Ravens score. 30 points. The Browns then would have to score 24 in order to blow up this tease. And I I don't know if you see either of that uh, from these teams. You know, I, you know, the Ravens, I could see a 24, 10 win. I I just think it'll be ugly for the Browns, but uh, regardless, I think 53 and a half for both of these teams would be nice. So I'm going to put 50 bucks on that for one Oh five. So now we'll go over to Chris's action. Chris started off with his famous Moneyline parlays. So we did Baltimore, Atlanta, and Arizona. All Moneyline wins. 50 for 475. So you can see the you can see the thinking here, right? Baltimore just has to win. They're big favorites at home. So okay, so you chalk that one up. You you got one one easy get there. Then you have Atlanta, which I talked about. I have them also in my parlay to win. I it's just a team like him at home and don't like Seattle on the road. And then Arizona. And he said, you know, that, that's my going to be my call of the week uh, is Arizona winning uh, on the road here. And I could see it. I, I mean, I, I picked them with the points six and a half. I thought was way too much. I don't know about a win. However, you know, you can see what it does for the odds here where, you know, if they do pull it off, then you'll be sitting there, you know, fifty for one for four seventy-five. The other part you can think about is if you hit Baltimore and Arizona, and so now you have uh, you Baltimore and Atlanta, and now you have Arizona in that four o'clock game. This gives you a little bit of money to play with if you want to try to figure out some kind of hedging strategy. So that will be his three-team money line parlay, Baltimore, Atlanta, Arizona. He did also give a tease. His other tease will be the Pats minus one, Ravens minus one, similar to my uh, first two picks of my tease. Then he did the Bills minus a half and Falcons plus eight and a half. So here taking the Bills and liking them at home, and now they just have to win by one point. So I could see that. You know, that, that's actually a pretty good play right there, taking that Bills line and bringing that down. I mean, really, you're just saying, like, I don't believe the Jets are going to win on the road. And uh, I, I don't. If anything happens here, the Jets might keep it close or the Jets get blown out. But the Jets definitely aren't winning. So uh, there you would have the Bills winning that game. And so that that's actually a pretty solid play. And then he goes for this last one with the Falcons. And the Falcons, which he already likes because he picked them in the money line, so now it's like, all right, well, not only do I like them, but you know, I'll take it, I'll throw it in a, in a tease, and I'll give myself eight and a, eight and a half points, um, which is a bunch, right? So now you're, you're saying they've got to win by you know a touchdown and a field goal. Uh, you know, you got to win by two scores, one way, shape, or form. Um, and I, you know, that's also probably a pretty strong tease. Uh, you know, do you see the Seahawks going on the road, not only winning but blowing the Falcons out? 
I don't know. Everybody wants to let Russ cook. Eh, he'll have to cook up something spectacular to be able to beat the Falcons by more than eight and a half points. So that's what he's doing with his second teaser there. Pats, Ravens, Bills. Uh, Pats, Ravens, Bills, Falcons. Uh, and that one will be 50 bucks for 151 So that brings us to the last two things that we do every week. And that'll be our Survivor and Knockout Pool. Uh, so the Survivor and Knockout Pools this week, I don't have Chris's. We'll have to ask him uh, next week what he did, and we'll just have to play a little honor honor code there. But for me, Survivor, Survivor's tough um, because there's a bunch of chalk that you could easily give it to, and I don't want to do that yet. So what I'm doing is I'm taking the Bengals at home. Bengals, home dog, Chargers on the road. I said it before, I don't like the Charger team. Uh, it was a shame to see, uh, you know, Rivers go. And if I can get a Bengals win anywhere, I'll take it. So why not week one, right? I, I mean, I, I you could sit here and you could take a bunch of these other teams if you want. You could do the Patriots. You could do the Ravens. Uh, you know, like Chris said, you could do the Bills. Uh, you know, some people might say the Colts. Uh, I, again, I'd be cautious on that one. But, um, you know, some people might have went with the Chiefs. You could do all that stuff. But then you lose those teams and you won't be able to use them down the road. You know, this is week one. I, I want to win the whole thing. If I can get a Bengals win and I can get it off the chalk early and I don't have to use them again, I'll take it. So I'm doing Bengals at home for my survivor pool. And then my knockout pick, and for those of you not familiar with this, I most people would be, but if you're not, it's just the opposite of the survivor pool. You got to pick the team that loses every week, and then you can't use them twice. So this one, I'm picking the Browns. So the Browns, I think, are an okay team, and they're playing against a, you know a solid Ravens team that I think is going to win and probably win pretty big. So I'll take the Browns to get knocked off. I think they'll be a better team down the road. Um, so I would rather use them here where I think it's, I could get a better team that is getting knocked out complete in versus survivors. So same logic, uh, applying in my week one picks there, survivor Bengals, knockout Browns. And I think, you know, looking at it, that just about does it. It's uh, it's crazy. It, it took uh, a whole bunch of months to get back here. And then within one hour, we just wrapped it all up. Started talking about football again. Thank God, right? Because, I mean, if you're like me, you've reached your limit of listening to all the other crap that's out there. It's just too much. Politics is too much. Everybody's opinions are too much. Even my own opinion is too much. I can't stand myself sometimes. Sometimes. I can't uh, think myself sometimes. Sometimes I just change up my accent and say, screw English. Do that probably more than I should. But anyway, all right, enough. Uh, I'm just talking nonsense at this point. Enjoy your week ones. See how these things play out. And we'll see you next week for week two. Peace.